many nations. He is our Father in the presence of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead, to the dead, to the dead, and calls into being what does not yet exist. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations, just as he had been told, so shall you your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he acknowledged the, 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 the decrepitness of his body since he was about a hundred years old and the lifelessness of Sarah's womb. Yet he did not waver through disbelief in the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. So Abraham hoped for the, to be a father. Not only did he hope, God told him he was going to be the father of many nations when he was a hundred. Like, time out, right? Not only time out, I'm out of time. You know what I mean? Like, that Like that hope, he hoped against hope, right? Have you ever heard that before? He hoped against the thing that was challenging, the thing that he hoped for. And he still had hope. You have to keep your hope, right? We say that in our, in our public speaking. Man can go 40 days without food, four days without water, four minutes without air, but only four seconds without hope. You've got to keep your hope. The minute you lose hope, you start to lose value. You start to lose any desire. And then it, it, it begins to make, you know, what, what, you know, we've got a clinical name for it. It's called depression. Right? And, and you settled and you begin to go like, there is nothing to live for if I don't have anything to hope for. I can hope, you know, for Things that turn out okay. Rita, Rita, leave that. Rita, leave that door open. I don't, I don't know the mastermind behind closing that, but it gets hot to me. Um, but have that hope in you. What is it that's making you believe or feel like things are going to be impossible? And whatever that is, hope against it. Hope against that. Say, nope, this is what I said I was going to do. This is what I, I, I always think about with, with my mom, with her uh, single with six kids, when, when everything was starting to just kind of like turn and look. She goes, no, I prayed for God to help me raise godly children and not to lose a one of them to anything. So I still have hope for them to turn out to serve God. She goes, I'm going to hope against the hope. And any, no matter what's happening in the streets and whatever's happening in the neighborhood, I've hoped against that for my kids. So that's not going to steal the hope that my kids are going to be okay. Or they're going to be blessed. They're going to be valued. They're going to be, they're going to be in a place. And, and so you have to hope against things. He's 100 years old. God is talking about starting a family at 100. Every time he looks in the mirror, his hope gets threatened. Sarah's 75. His hope was threatened. What's threatening your hope right now? Because you got to get your hope against the threat. And so begin to build yourself up. Hopeful and hopelessness are both contagious. They're both contagious. They, they can, you can, if you're around someone who's hopeless, you'll catch that wave. If you're around someone who's hopeful, you'll catch that wave. They're both contagious and and what is contaminating you or, or what is catching you is, is either it's going to be your hopeful or your hopeful what does they say the glass is either half full or half empty one thing we know for sure is half which way you want it to go that's up to you right and it turns our hope 
into the point of, of what's blessing. So if, if you think age is your problem, he was 100. Sarah was 75. I mean, they weren't in middle school. Well, I don't know, like in the Bible, because Jacob didn't leave home until he was 86. So, you know, maybe they had it differently then. But, but you know what I mean? Like, like I, I think there are times that we can be overwhelmed and, and becoming so fearful because we can look at what le- legit, legitimately stands against whatever God has called you to do. It's legit to think a 100-year-old man ain't going to have no child. Let's, wait a minute. Let's stop him. 75-year-old woman ain't going to have one. That's legit. That's legit information that's out there. But even greater than the legitimacy of that information is the greatness of God. It's supernatural. He's powerful. So it's igniting that, and, and that's the thing that gets the most attention. You, are, you, you will grow toward what you give the most attention to. And so if it's hopeless, if, if it's hopelessness, that's what you're going to give to. And so Abraham valued God's word over his and Sarah's body. He had to give value to the word of God over the body that he was dealing with. And you could be carrying a body that, that needs you to value the word over what you're carrying. Even the thing that you have to lift all by yourself. You have to let God's word be more valuable than the heaviness of what you're lifting. And, and guess who else is watching you do this? Your kids. Kids. Your kids either see you as confident or they're going to see that other thing. That word I can't think of right now, which would sound better if I was a little bit more spiritual, but I'm just going to go with fearful. <laughs> you know, they, they're, they're going to see one or the other. And, and I want them to see confidence. Um, and I, I'll brag on Jaira in his first job interview. I think uh, Rita was telling me that the, the guy asked him, so, you know, there's a lot of pressure, you know, come with this job. And he said, well, you know, diamonds come out of coals that's just been under pressure. And I think the joker don't be listening. <laughs> you know, be listening. He says, press me, you're just going to watch me shine. Call it arrogance, call it whatever. I call it, that's my boy, like, for sure. And, and again, it's, it's been watched, like, like how, how, can, how can I lose hope? How can I lose, like, and, and any time I would see even my older siblings get in trouble, my mother would still have hope for them and still call them good. I was like, well, then, man, she must think I'm the greatest kid of all time. That's what's helpful when you're the youngest, because when the older ones are messing up and mom is still forgiving them, you think, I, I can't miss and that's why I'm the best child she's ever had on this planet. It's incapable, right, of, of, uh, of doubting when you got hope in a God that can do things greater than you. So it should never be based on the way things look around us uh, because, because the way things look around us will threaten the hope that's within us. And yeah, I did read the numbers that there are more atheist people, people that don't believe in God, than there are people that believe in God. But I believe it only takes one to believe in God to change the lives of thousands. Right? One could chase a thousand. And then two does how many? Ten thousands. So it doesn't matter that they can put out a statistic, but it does matter that we step up and say what God has called us to say. Right? That, that does matter. I got hope. I got hope that, that I'm going to be blessed. I got hope in children. I got hope in my family. I got hope in my marriage. I got hope in my life. 
And that, that makes me hopeful and not hopeless. So, so we're going to catch the wave of hopefulness. And, but it should never let circumstances kill it. Never let circumstances kill it. I, I, like a big, big advocate. I uh, love going into school and finding the hyperest kid. I love it. I was like, man, you're me. And they're like, no, I'm not. You're old. I said, you just wait. I said, man, you're me. Well, and one of the things I want, uh, I do that, I say, because one day the thing that you're struggling with is going to be the thing you use to help you get through every day of your life. Right? Did you get that attention right there? They're going like, so this is usable. Yes. But you got to have people around them and pray for people to recognize what's usable and not to be thrown away or discarded. When we value God, we will not become vulnerable to inabilities or in limitations of man. So value God so you don't become vulnerable to limitations. We have to be careful to how long we, <laughs> how long we hurt when people say they can't be there for us, like they said, because it can cause us to be contaminated with their missing presence than God who is with us always, right? And we talked about being present in God's presence. And so when, when people let you down or say they're going to do something or turn on you, whatever, when they at, when they at your last supper, Judas would have got my Yeti cup across the head. The guy that you sent to betray me, he lay and passed out because I knocked him out. Look, but when they do that, right, if you let that hurt stick, you will become contaminated with what's missing rather than the God that's with you. This is why you can't sit around sad all day. Take your moment, take your grief, cry, get, and let's get up. Right? Because, again, if you let that thing stay too long, that thing begins to contaminate and you become hopeless instead of hopeful. Right? That, that, that begins to be that, that next step. And we have to be able to be a part of that. What you know, I, I love this, what you know can keep you from what you need to know. What you know can keep you from what you need to know. And Abraham knew Right? Abraham was a great example. He knew how old he was. He knew how many birthday cakes. He knew it took seven camels, uh, camels to help him light his cake last time. It was 100 candles. But it didn't keep him from what he needed to know. And that my God can do all things. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could even ask or think. I'm not going to let this keep me from what I need to know. And he did. He, he said, I'm physically, I'm incapable. Spiritually, I'm able. All right? And that's, that's, that should be every morning you wake up exhausted from sleeping all night. <laughs> Jumbo shrimp, y'all. I slept all night. I'm exhausted. Isn't that amazing that you can shut your eyes and not move and your body not rest? If you don't spiritually know how to shut it down, Right? There are some conversations just they need to be had before you go to bed. Some phone calls you just can't take. So my mom said, baby, I, I, you know, I like talking to you, but you get me so wound up. You know what that means? Don't call after nine. I know what you said. 
it ain't, you know, I don't even, I, you know, I'm your favorite ones. Because, yeah, but, you know, I can't sleep for like two hours after we get off the phone. John chapter 15, verse 1 through 3. I am the true vine, and my father is the keeper of the vineyard. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes to make it even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And if you ever want to help your kids out with dealing with relationships, circle these three verses. Because Jesus, God says, I am the true vine. There's other vines. They're just dishonest ones. And not true. We got to have Nicholas in for every service, okay? Nick stays. Right? And there are a lot of people attached to vines that are not true. They're attached to them. They say, see, this looks just like the Bible. And they're linked to them. And they're, they're convinced because they're getting some kind of nourishment. The other part of that was it says that he prunes that, right? He cuts things back. He, things need to cut out of your life because if it's not producing fruit, it needs to get out. I, I think it was, it, was, it was Tamara Torres. I just read this. It was said something like this. I'm probably going to mess it up. But said, I don't go uh, sit at table with people that when I, come, when I get up, I become the subject of the conversation. Yeah. Because then you want to go, can I work in the kitchen just for that table right here? <laughs> Let me put some stuff in their food. You know, like, like, like yeah, dude, I don't, I'm not going to sit at that table. And then when, you're, when, you, when something comes up in your heart, especially as a parent, and you know somebody's bad for your kid, so even to be playing around with, that, cut them off so your kid can grow. Because if you don't, your kid won't grow from that behavior. It's okay to prune. In fact, it's loving to prune. It's love, right? Because you want to see things grow, and, and, and when you have to prune, you have to get rid of things, and, and you know, it's kind of like, like, like in your closet. Prune it. Get rid of some stuff. Prune it. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, this is my motivation. I'm going to get back into these pants. Give them to somebody else. Let someone else cap them. Enjoy them now. You know, and then you can go get you something later. Prune. Prune. But again, we don't like to be, we don't like to cut off. We don't like to get, you know, we like to hoard up friends and emotions. And, and when God says, I need to prune you so you can grow, you can't grow from that person's opinion if they're always around it. All right. So... Don't let it forfeit our hope, but allow all things to be used by God for growth, right? Romans 8, 28, right? All things work together for the good. We love this. God is so good at making things work together for good, you think he set up the problem. But, you know, he's so good at it, you think, God sent this to teach me. No, he was good at redirecting you because you started to be good at listening, right? Just like he don't give you a snake, to teach you something. And then God even made it parenting. He said, if you been even know how to give good gifts to your kids, 
why would I send something bad to you? He said, why wouldn't I give the Holy Spirit to those who love? But he was saying, you wouldn't, your kid asks you for an egg, you won't give him a scorpion. You ask for a fish, you won't give him a snake. Here, eat. The rattle is to put you to sleep. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Y'all didn't even know that was coming. It's brand new stuff. This is straight off the grill. But you don't do that, so quit blaming God. Oh, God took him home. Okay. <laughs> God ain't killing people. If he wouldn't let James and John do it, when James and John went into a city to witness, this is my kind of evangelism right here. And they said, they won't, he went back to Jesus, they won't listen to us. Lord, burn the city down. <laughs> they said that to Jesus, like, and probably said it like, yeah. You can see him with a little rhythm with it, yeah. They wouldn't listen to us, burn it down. The house is on fire. But Jesus said, I didn't come here to kill nobody. We, we have to watch, like, because someone may not be listening to you now, that don't mean they're not hearing your words. You know, they may be, since they're irresponsible, they're irresponsive. And you have to kind of step back and begin to go, like, I know it's getting through because the word's stronger than their you know what I mean? That little, what is that thing we call it? Uh, pride. I hear you, but I ain't going to let you know about it. Right? Any of y'all ever been like that? Some of you going through something? And laugh you want to. Going through something. You emotional, but you ain't going to let nobody. I may cry, but you'll never see a tear. <laughs> I might hurt my finger doing it, but you won't know. I'll wrap it in my shirt before I let you. I ask you for a Band-Aid. And so we have to look at the fact that God is getting through. All we need to do is just send the word on what the, what the, what the centurion said. Just send your word only. Quit waiting for somebody to respond. Quit waiting for me to be. Do I get as excited about certain things as you do? Not at all. What, what year what did you figure that I wasn't going to get down like that? Early. See, Pastor Reed ain't waiting for me to do no cheers about certain stuff. Because it's just like, well, okay. Oh, did you hear what I said? Yes. <laughs> and she'll be flat out excited. No more than I can tell her about the game I'm watching. And that play that just happened, and she ain't excited. Like, did you see what he did? Those, those people can't do that. Yeah. At least she supported. <laughs> but I can tell she and I don't try to explain the game of football to her. And I don't explain how that play happened. I don't explain the reverse. But, but uh, when, when someone is trying to force you to have a reaction, that's almost like eating something you're allergic to. So glad I could help every marriage here today. So no matter what is happening in your life, stick with God because he has good waiting in the end, right? Jeremiah 29, 11, tattooed over a bunch of people's bodies. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it right there. <laughs> I mean, they got the tattoo on, but you know, that's the only permanent part of that verse. For I know the plans I have for you. Thank you, Jesus. Declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Everybody say, not to harm you. 
Man, that ain't God hiding around talking about boo, y'all. That's not God. To give you a future and a hope. Last night I had to stop right there because, like, sometimes you read it, but then you don't read it all the way. Because a lot of people want a future, but they don't want the hope that comes with it. Because the hope that comes with it requires pruning and correction and direction and a little affection. And I'm running out of other words to get, uh, put that shun on the end of it. But they want the future, but without the hope. But you've seen people with great futures, and, and without hope, they end up killing themselves. They end up doing something. This kid's in here. They end up not making it. They got a great future. You heard people, they had a great future ahead of them. What were they doing? Hopeless. They're hopeless, even with the greatest of things. And as we were talking, uh, I was speaking at uh, Allen's, Allen High School football stadium on Tuesday. Why did it decide to be outside? I, I don't know. A big air-conditioned building. I don't understand why we outside. But we were. And you all know, your boy was bringing drips. I had a white towel on my head. It had become stuck to my head. And, and uh, one of the, the, the new basketball coaches that was out there, uh, as I was talking, he, was, he had his phone out, and I was like, what's wrong with this dude texting while I'm talking, like right in my face? What was he doing? Taking notes. What was I doing? Judging. <laughs> and I, I said something. I said, well, you know, like my twin said, you know, we hear these athletes get in trouble, and they said, man, he had so much money, he had so much stuff, and they said, money don't make you moral? And he came up and said that to me from his notes while I was judging him for being on his phone while I was talking. God said, just get a word. Just give the word. I ain't ask you to investigate. But he, he read about eight or nine things that I had said. That. So I got to go back to skimming over crowds out of all those thousands of people, I picked out one person <laughs> who's doing it right. Mind your hope. So I want a future, but I also want the hope that goes with it, right? On the future and, and be able to grow with that hope. Verse 12 says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. And I think a lot of times we do that call, but it's that pray to God that we don't do. We call God, Jesus, I got trouble. But we don't bow our heads and pray, God, your will be done. You know I called you. Didn't you see me? Hey, God got, yeah, I got caller ID. And you're on that other list of folks that don't even pray. Right? Happy place. We're in a happy place, right? You will seek me and find me, right, when you search for me with all your heart. And y'all play tag growing up, right? Tag for me was a bullying activity. Which, were y'all that kid that when you became it, you couldn't catch anybody? Was anybody that person? Am I the only one that was it? I was the only one? I couldn't catch anybody in our family. They were all taller. I could run fast, but my legs were short, right? And I was little. I had a real bad temper, like borderline demonic. Like they were, they were bringing, mama's bringing garlic and crosses. She was about to say, whatever it's going to be, 
So when I couldn't catch him, I would pick up rocks like you it now and hit them. <laughs> two things happened when the family got together. Two things happened. Ten minutes after everybody got there, two things. Uh, I ended up getting a whooping. And one of my cousins left with a knot on his head. I was going to make the game even, one way or the other. But all it did was got me taken off. You know, when you put, take things into your own hands instead of leaving them in God's hands, you're out of the game completely. Right? I ain't the only one in the house getting whooped. Well, no, and my, my cousin got to keep playing even, you know, once they got him. Vic Savs don't go on knots. But they would put that on him, and he couldn't play no more because they could smell him. So he became it for the rest of the time. He says, you'll seek me, and yeah. Quit talking about, I don't know where God is in this situation. Who you been looking for? Right? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. 6. Right? He came to seek and save that which was lost. And even when you're lost in your situation, even though you're saved in your soul, you can be lost in a situation. He says, I'm coming to find you, but I, I just want you not to just call me, but pray. How, can I show up the way you, can I show up the way God shows up or do I have to show up your way? And we had a relative who wouldn't ride in certain cars. That relative stayed home a lot. In fact, we'd send that specific car just for that. Yeah, we'll see how long you sit up in there and don't eat. That car too old. That car too, they didn't have one. They didn't have one. They talking about somebody else's car. You don't have your blessing. Quit talking about the way God is blessing you right now. You ain't going to just laugh at my family and not let me come back at you, right? So God has a plan. He has an ending. Don't get caught up in the middle of the book. Don't get caught up in chapters. Let the ending happen. Quit trying to fix the word of God so it'll fit into your opinion. Right? If that's the way God said, just send the word. Quit trying to set it up. Quit trying to set it up. God's word's good by itself. By itself. We don't have to, that's said, don't add anything to it. Don't take anything away from it. You're going to have plagues that come on you. Right? So it's, it's good. All right? Knowing the good that God thinks about us makes our hope contagious and flow through our entire body. Right? How many of y'all believe God thinks good about you? Raise your hand. Say, I just got to do, say something that'll make you raise your hand. Like, how many of y'all believe here today? You know, just whatever can get you to participate. People are like, I don't know. If you know that God thinks good about you, that'll keep you hopeful about what you're going through. You know what I mean? Like, even if it's bad, if you're looking at it like, oh, this, this old body. Hey, I know some people that don't have a body. Well, they ain't here. I don't. You know what? Let's pray. Let's just pray because that was too much. That was one sentence too long. I just, just brought us straight into Halloween right there. Just, it was unnecessary. Father, bow your heads. Don't, don't look at me no more. We need to understand that we've got the greatest of everything on this entire planet when we said yes to Jesus. We need to understand that when we said, Lord, have your way in our lives, that no matter how great the odds are on this planet, 
it cannot stack up to your grace and your mercy and most of all your power. I am not the one down. When I have hope in you, I'm up. Lord, strengthen us in our hope right now. Right now. Take us out of the way of trying to fix and do and make ourselves into something you haven't called us to be. You cannot bless what we pretend to be. You called us as we are, and then you elevated that life to support, to live for you, and you gave us hope beyond hope. So wherever we are right now, Father, it's not too late. It's not over. We know the thoughts you have for us, that we would have an expected end. So I'm going to go with you, God, and get to that ending that you've called me to. And whatever shows up, I'm going to not let it take away the hope I have in you. Father, we praise you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Go be hopeful that you're going to find a front line. Um, you ready?